which this is a yin and yang aspect again, excess versus a little bit. Um, which is weird because yang is actually more subtle. Yin is Wait, more. Say massive. that again. Something's. So um, excess versus like deficiency and stuff. So what I mean by that is like when it comes to cancer in in America, we overconsume. We have cancers because of excess. Not because of deficiency, not because we're lacking vitamins and stuff. Mm. Compared to cancers in other parts of the world who don't have food as much as us because we're just fat people who consume everything all the time. If you look at other countries, they actually get their cancers from uh, deficiencies. They're not having enough nutrition. So cancers can come one way or the other, more yin or yang based. Again, that's the whole thing with yin yang theory. Hello, everyone. Now that the cords are plugged in and the electricity is running, welcome to Movement Matters. I'm your host, Colin Kurtz. I always feel a little silly saying that. Some people say that every in the beginning of every episode of their podcast, and I guess I kind of just assume you know that. I'm your host, Colin Kurtz. Welcome to my show, brought to you by Koru uh, Real Wellness, with the help of quite a few wonderful folk. Today is a very straightforward episode. I am interviewing someone that I just met a few months ago, Andres Long. He's the most exciting detail for me is that he's joined the Koru team. He is bringing back the bodywork component, to say the least. I do some bodywork, but it's not what I primarily offer. It's an aspect of what fits into movement, but Andres is very specifically bringing back the body work to Koru. We've gone through quite a few body work uh, people, if you will, people who offer that, and I feel good about Andres, to say the least. He'll, I'll read his bio towards the end of this, uh, hopefully not too long introduction. Um, as some of you know, I like to take these introductions as sort of like my own little brain dump. And uh, if you don't want to listen to that, just skip ahead. <clears throat> um, gosh, do you ever find yourself running a little low on energy or needing a little motivation, feeling heavy? Well, guess what? You're not alone. And yours truly is uh, in, your, in your company. It has been a hell of a few weeks. I haven't been recording or haven't released much because I've, I've really... I care a lot about how I go about presenting all of this and, and everything. And um, it's, been it's been a tough few weeks. My world has been dramatically shaken from the core. Um, <laughs> but I promise you, if you, you know, so back to feeling the need for motivation and the reality of just, you know, being heavy, uh, feeling heavy, dealing with the heavier aspects of life. Move. Don't just sit there. Move. Uh, I don't, I know there's more to Soren Kierkegaard, but a friend shared a quote um, with me that I'm going to read to you from Kierkegaard. It's, it's uh, funny to, oh, there's a little spider. It's funny to quote him because he also had a lot of 
literal fear and trembling in his life. But here's something he said about walking. And you know what? I think my friend Tony is right. Let's just maintain this. The quote is, above all else. Actually, let me restart that. So here's the quote. I think we got it now. Above all else, do not lose your desire to walk. Every day I walk myself into a state of well-being and walk away from every illness. I have walked myself into my best thoughts and I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it. But by being still, and the more one sits still, the closer one comes to feeling ill. Thus, if one just keeps on walking, everything will be all right, says Kierkegaard, apparently. <laughs> um, it's not the only thing he said, but I like it. We're going to go with it for now. Just move. So that's what I've been needing to do. It's been a hell of a few weeks, and thank God I <laughs> have the training to handle it. Remember my training. Um, yeah, we're an ever-evolving business over here at Koru, mirroring and guiding and seemingly keeping pace with the ever-evolving world and humanity around us and at large. Um, I'm not going to dump anything big, personal, and certainly not about other people on here, so if you have questions, just ask me. Needless to say, uh, it's been a heavy few weeks. On that note, though, I can really speak to the, um, the link between your nerves and your gut. Do not underestimate the relationship between your brain and your gut, your nerves and your gut. It's real. <clears throat> As I learn more lessons about that, I'll share some more. Um, but for now, it's, it's, a, it's a moody music couple of, or period right now. Uh, one, well, I will recommend one of the songs I've been listening to a lot. It's Spiegel im Spiegel. It's German for Mirror in the Mirror by Arzo Pert. Arvo Pert. Check it out. Hey, but more importantly, folks, have you ever heard of or gone to Native Cafe? Native Cafe, the only place in town where you will see, without fail, a line outside starting at 8 a.m., not only because it's a great place, but because it's the only cafe that can kick ass by opening at 8 a.m. Native Cafe. You don't have to open early to be a great cafe. That's one of their official slogans. But seriously, they have good stuff. It's pretty great. It's a mixture of Thai and, so to speak, Western cuisine, all tied into the cafe environment. Um, they also have these new delicious sodas, which Andres and I will be talking about because he's very competent when it comes to understanding herbs and the reality of how they affect your body. Um, so that's, that's a tie-in to Native. So there you go, JN Company. Yeah, good sodas. They're sugar-free. I think they're black tea-based, but it's not kombucha. It's kind of a soda. Um, and of course, best coffee in town, to say the least. Native Cafe. But you got to go, you got to find your timing, your niche. There's always a crowd outside. Um, all right, Andres. I'm just going to introduce Andres now. First, again, he's joining Koru. Um, you can book your appointments now. He is ready. Uh, the average pricing is, or the base pricing is 97 per visit. And... I think if you create a package or need to customize things, he's flexible in that regard. 
Um, let's see. He's open Mondays and Saturdays here at Koru. For now. Two days. And this is what he says about himself. Since high school, I have wanted... This is obviously... I'm Andres now. Since high school, I have wanted to pursue a career. Oh, wait, let me restart that. I'm supposed to record myself saying it. <laughs> now I'm ready. Andres, here we are. This is what he says. Since high school, I have wanted to pursue a career in medicine. While an undergrad, while an undergrad I shadowed, observed, and interned for many hours at my university's medical school and hospital. I quickly realized how symptom and prescription-focused the medical field. I struggled with the thought of prescribing pharmaceuticals to treat and mask patient symptoms rather than finding the root of the issue. I'll say roots, perhaps. Through this journey to becoming a doctor, I came to the conclusion that the modern healthcare, quote-unquote, system as we know it is neither healthy nor caring. This eventually caused me to change my career path and completely and complete programs in chiropractic, acupuncture, and herbal medicine. I continue to study a, a variety of different forms of medicine originating from both Eastern and Western philosophies to provide the most comprehensive care that supports my patients and clients' needs. The body talks to us and tells us when there is something wrong in a myriad of ways. All the systems of the body are interdependent of one another, and as your healer and trusted advisor, I listen to what your body's saying while teaching you the language, aka the signs and symptoms, your body is speaking. I guide you through the process of finding the right approach for your individual goals and needs. Thank you for considering me as a part of your health journey. So that's Andres in a nutshell. Uh, he definitely focuses on chronic fatigue, decreased energy, uh, and overall vitality. Okay. That's about it. Now you get to hear him. You get to hear him talk. Hear him represent himself, which is quite a treat. I, I know quite a few people who practice Chinese medicine, and they're all incredible. Um, and no doubt Andres brings a certain level of precision and, and thoroughness that well, needless to say, he's got a hell of a career ahead of him. It is impressive. So without further ado, here he is, Andres. Dandelion Ginger by Rishi. There's a place in Doylestown called Native Cafe. Shout out to one of our sponsors. Woo! They sell, well, mostly it's a cafe, but obviously they have cans of various, uh, I guess they're, they're advertised as sodas, but they're they're not. Here, take a look. It's organic, so that's lovely. Yeah. Um, it's just tea. I guess it's a little like kombucha, but I don't think it's actually. It's not. It doesn't have that starter. Yeah, no fermentation and. Well, it says fermented green tea, though. Oh, okay. Never mind then. That's not kombucha necessarily, though, right? No, but sometimes. I guess technically that would be like. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, Alcoholic based anyway, though. Mm. Steam distilled, da, 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 carbonated water. Yeah, I mean, it's got carbonated water, so it's the first thing. So I, I guess technically it's sort of a soda because yeah. it's sparkling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I That's thought it would cool. be a tasty treat for sitting here with you. 
and here we are. And you said you didn't want anything because you're on day 50 of a, of a fast. <laughs> you're just about to break it tomorrow, right? Um, actually, maybe two days from now. It depends. It depends on how hard the workout is tomorrow because I do lift tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. Is it those lat pulldowns you were watching? Uh, deadlifts, okay. hack squats. Okay. And, you know, shoulder press. I'm trying to get my shoulder press up. Mm. I think that's the manliest of all lifts. The shoulder press, yeah, really? The overhead shoulder press is so hard. It's hard yeah. to like to grow in strength compared to like a bench press, which everyone loves, right? But back in the day, like the golden age, it used to be the overhead, overhead press and not the bench. So I get that. Well, it's also the the essence of Olympic lifting. Yes, that's true too. That's true um, too. Hmm. So what's your overhead press? At the moment, <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked yeah, anybody like, that. On a good day, I mean, on a really good day, I can I can probably uh, put up like one fifty five. But I'm so much weaker than when I first started. Uh, um, well, was I'm, that strict? Yes, yeah, that's strict. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's it was it was a little bit better. I got I got to one sixty or one sixty five prior to going to school. <laughs> oh, like five years ago. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and you're I'm 30. 30 mm -hmm. recently, no? Yeah. Yeah, December 9th. Yeah, that's pretty recent. Cool. Yeah, it's recent enough. Uh. Yeah, but quarter or uh third of the way into it. Um <laughs> into your 30s. <laughs> you so graduated true. school though also just last fall. Yeah. 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 Obviously, we've talked about that multiple times thus far, so I won't pretend that that's like news to me, but um Oh, but the herbs. So dandelion and ginger. Do you dandelion and ginger? Does that speak to you in any particular way? I assume you have a pretty strong knowledge of what they're for, or yeah. <laughs> what they may be doing to me <laughs> as I drink this lovely brew. Yeah. So, which is pretty good, and it's mostly, I would say, the the dandelion is pretty strong. I can really taste it. Oh, good. Yeah. Um. So. It's funny because that's a good thing that I, I uh, most of the most of the herbs that I know are in Chinese, but yeah, I know dandelion <laughs> and ginger in English. Thank God. Um, are, are they used they're, they're, in Chinese medicine? Yeah, they are. They are. Um, so basically, I just want to see the ingredients while I'm telling you. But um, dandelion is is extremely good for uh, toxicity and poisons and heat. Um, Liver, right? Is that what sort it's usually of, connected yeah, with? Is that sort right? Of, yeah. Um, we we can connect it to that, yeah. Okay. It's uh, I would say that, yeah. So it's it's really good at clearing toxicity in the body. Um, what's also amazing is that it's uh, I'm happy it's for that. Today. Packed with nutrients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is why you also see animals pick up dandelion and eat it. Uh, in the you know in the woods or like just the, the leaves though. Right? Just in general, yeah. The, oh, okay. Dandelion, the whole flower and stuff. It's actually it's an amazing plant, and it's a shame that you know we don't take it any more seriously. Uh, and well, then, it seemed, well, based on the fact that this tea is sold in downtown Doyle, or this soda, if you will, sugar-free soda, is sold <laughs> in downtown Doylestown, um, I, I think that's an indication that we may be taking it more seriously. Correct me if I'm wrong, in res with respect to detoxing, if you will, and the context of it having, or being good for toxins, is it not true that it grows prolifically near... Uh, like the side of a road or on the side of a road or in areas where there is a need for cleaning the air as well? That's a good question. I've never looked into that. Okay. That, that, that that's cool. Too far. Yeah. Well, 
you notice it a lot in areas where plants are scarce, of course, where there's a, a dearth of plant life. And it seems like those kinds of, I think dandelion and thistle are often around there. Yeah. I don't, I don't deny that just from, you know, experiencing. Yeah. You know. It's just one of the things you can see. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. The, uh, the other thing, this is a, this is a, an interesting combination because so yeah, I wasn't sure about the combo of ginger with dandelion. Ginger is, that- is very, very um, well. What what you would expect, like if if you're if you have nausea and uh, vomiting, that's what you would drink. Ginger, yeah, um, or consume. Uh, but it's it's really really good for um, depending on the ginger. So if you have dry ginger, it's really really good for warming up the body and allowing um, digestion to occur more in the lower half of the body. If you have fresh ginger, the same kind of concept. It's very good for digestion and reversing what the Chinese would call counterflow, which is, you know, everything's supposed to go down in the stomach, not up. So counterflow will be, you know, vomiting and nausea. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's how you're, that's we think so of it. so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, but ginger's actually phenomenal for when someone has uh, sickness and um, like uh, a primary or initial sickness where they have fever, maybe chills and stuff like that. And, it, and they don't have... Uh, nasal congestion and coughing yet it helps the body sweat which i mean most people know that when you're drinking ginger and stuff you do sweat you heat up yeah Yeah, so that's what it's that's what it's there for it's to kind of heat up and warm the body and actually in a sense bring forth life it's 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 very if we if we thought about the four seasons it's very springy in nature it's very open oh perfect yeah so Ginger's good. <laughs> yeah, especially for right now, I guess. Yeah. And I'm going to be hitting the sauna when we're done here. Um, you don't, did you want to be able to do that? Oh, no, not today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be getting in there. Unfortunately, I would love to, but. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling a need for it. It's been a, it's been a day. It's been a good day, but it's been a day. It's been a week. Um, I haven't done one of these in a relatively long time. I think about three weeks, actually, now. It took a little had to do other things first off and took a little break. So it's nice to be back on here. I see what I remember why I love it. It's like <laughs> home. Um, the, the reality of your ed, uh, work with Chinese medicine is obviously critical here. <laughs> and, and I figured you would appreciate this. I kind of brought it thinking, yeah, he'd, he'll probably dig this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say now that you you bring that up, uh, there is a ancient. We I guess we call him like a, an ancient um, king or emperor who tested over a hundred herbs and almost killed himself many times over. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how supposedly that's how Chinese herbs became a thing or herbal medicine in general from from China, and what he would use. In, uh, in legend, uh, legend has it that he would drink tea to actually detoxify himself. So if we're talking about detoxing, since we did bring it up a little bit earlier, uh, tea is the best way of detoxing. Any particular tea, though? Depends on the tea. Uh, yeah. Like, they, they, they all do the same thing. Tea is very um, soothing and um, detoxifying. So in some cases, it will actually contradict and battle with certain herbs if you mix it in like an herbal tea or, or blended tea. Um, yeah. So for instance, 
Maybe. This seems like it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Like the chili peppers will be a, a one thing. Like, so mm. chili peppers is like very, very hot and acrid and stuff, but tea is actually absolutely cooling. And you have your orange tea, your green tea, your black tea, your white tea, and they all have their own. It's, it's, it's a whole. Like, tea is cooling though. Yeah. Tea is cooling and, and it's, um, and it's detoxifying. Speaking of herbs, and correct me, you may know this saying, it came up this week uh, because of a client taking, I guess, this mixture of Chinese herbs, one of them being ginseng, and not knowing that ginseng is very, you'll know the wording better than me, but energizing, or is it is it yang? Is that the right word? Tonifying, energizing, tonifying, that's always good. Uh, yeah, tonifying. Tonifying. And he was taking it too late in the day, not aware of that, and has been having terrible sleep. Mm -hmm. and eventually told me what's in this like you can't take that at night what do you <laughs> no wonder you're up all night but um correct there's a saying that i remember maybe it's related to this king you're referring to i think it goes it's one or the other rishi is the king of herbs and ginseng is the herb of kings is that something you've heard before well uh, maybe not i don't know well i only remembered it because rishi mushroom yeah, rishi's says rishi on there. On there too. <laughs> do you have much um do you work much with Mushrooms specifically in Chinese medicine? Um, Rishi or? Not so much for, actually, I can't even think of a formula right now that I would use uh, mushroom zen. But if I was going towards Ayurvedic medicine, because I do know that, um, it's it's very, what people would say, like um, downbearing and collecting. Well, in Ayurveda, I believe they referred to, correct me if I'm wrong, they think of it as tamasic, right? Yes, that's the word, yeah. And it's rajas, tamas, and sattvas, and it's considered to be tamasic, which I always got the impression was like a negative term. Yeah, <laughs> it depends. Like, it's um, all context. Everything's right? context. So for instance, um, actually, here's a good example. Everyone says that you should never drink distilled water, Right. Distilled water you should never drink because of the fact that it siphons out uh, the nutrients in your body and you will actually make yourself worse. Worse, You'll, you'll be uh, malnourished, right? Well, there is a time to actually consume distilled water. That time is, uh, you'll notice, uh, so the body can never hide anything. So when someone says, oh my gosh, they had a clean bill of health, but they just dropped it. That's never the case. You will always see it. Maybe in Western medicine, we won't be able to find it in terms of... Um, uh, a lab test, blood test, urine, urine analysis and stuff like that, but you will still see it on the body, on the face or whatever. So if someone has very, very, very baggy um, eye, eyelids, especially the lower eyelid, there could be a number of reasons for that, but let's say it was just a physical reason. It could be because they have so much excess amounts of nutrients in their body. It will go away, the bagginess in their eyes, um, if they drink distilled water for a bit. It's crazy. <laughs> So I guess it begs the question of what does a clean bill of health actually mean? What, what really is a clean bill of health? And obviously that phrase probably gets thrown around without much awareness. True, true. Um, and we can think about it even when it comes to bodybuilders. Bodybuilders look great. They're super you know, muscular and ripped and they, they eat healthy, but internally they're not so healthy, which is why they die of like heart attacks at the age of like 50, 60 years old. You're talking about like the actual excessive Hulk versions of bodybuilding, right? Depending both, actually. But yeah, yeah. we especially those guys because uh, so obviously. not 
you're not making a distinction between more, so to speak, like natural bodybuilders and quotes or yeah. So okay. both the natural the size and difference is obviously insane. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> literally is like even a Thor Hulk comparison. Sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. they they look like gorillas now. Half the guys in the Mr. Olympia in today's time compared to like back uh, then with like gorillas look to me a little more organized. <laughs> Well, I have a cool picture. Oh, it's not in here. But, the, well, specifically, like, the way the gorilla is meant to look is, it's obvious. Yes. These men, you're, or often men you're referring to, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't look like the skeletal system has much uh, yeah. form sometimes anymore. And they also get, like, very, very bloated in the gut. And that's where I was kind of thinking about the whole gorilla aspect of it. Oh, it's just like, that part, right? Yeah, it's 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 not natural for a human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we look at times with like I guess like some of the legendary guys, Tom Platts, um, you know, Alexander Zaz, Mike Mentzer, even Arnold Schwarzenegger. None of them looked like that. I was like Frank Zane. He was Frank always, Zane. Yes, he always stood out to me. Yeah, he was having cool. a really something worth emulating as far as a physique goes. Absolutely. Um, but yes, the distinction, one of the main distinctions between that generation and what you're talking about now is that sent that protruded abdomen or bloat, bloated look. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the, the reason for it. Um, cause I did look it up like two years ago and now I, I can't, I can't recall. It's not just the roids. Yeah. It's something it's like, uh, I know it's, it's like, um, fluid metabolism issues so in chinese medicine i would say yeah it's like uh or uh, more easily i would say it's like a, it's a kapha dosha imbalance okay so back to <laughs> thomas and rajas then because right, did you study ayurveda as well a little bit okay yeah um is there much comp is there much overlap between ayurveda and chinese medicine absolutely actually i think that if you really want to truly understand um chinese medicine you need to understand indian medicine they oh, spoke a, to each other back and forth. For, you should repeat that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's super important because in Chinese medicine, uh, most people know of the five phase theory or five element theory, um, which is you know oh, fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. earth, um, metal, water, wood, um, and it, it's technically not elements. As like so, for instance, like when you're thinking of Indian medicine, you're thinking of ether, air, uh, fire water earth and that flow and it's it's actually Not metal they don't have metal yeah they don't have metal and it's it's also based on density almost like the the more dense the uh material is like the lower it goes the higher it goes um so i i would actually argue that um because i think i think this is what i i, uh, I gotta recall but i think it, it's like uh like i said the last three fire water earth i would say that actually water is weirdly enough more dense than earth and what I mean by that is because water will always go to the deepest place as long as it can find it. Earth does not do that. It's, it's stationary. It doesn't move. So kind of like how fire rises, water will always go down, always, um, until we produce heat, causing a water cycle to occur where it rises and then it gets cold enough to cause rain to occur again. So there's that cycle. The five-phase theory in Chinese medicine uh, where it goes into that cycle and everything engenders the next. So for instance, it starts with wood. Um, and I call it phase, and I'm about to explain why, but I call it phase and not element because it is technically the phases of life. So 
wood is associated with the spring, which is, it's just really cool. So wood is associated with the spring about giving birth forth uh, life. Summer is associated with summer, uh, or I'm sorry, fire is associated with summer. And then um, uh, earth is technically the center of everything. It does not change. So you, you skip that one because it's basically the, we call it the intercalary days between the transitions of the seasons. So spring is wood, earth, or fire is uh, summer, metal is fall, which kind of makes sense. Uh, I'll explain more into that. And then water is the winter. So with the, with, um, with the spring wood, if, you, if you're looking at the spring, what happens is the wood is coming out of the ground and everything's opening up. So and we actually associate it with a flavor as well. That flavor is, uh, is accurate. It's dispersing and opening. It's pungent. It's very, what we said before about ginseng and stuff. So you shouldn't have ginseng or coffee after a certain time of the day because it's going to keep you revved up and awakened. And that's not a good idea. Summer, obviously, is hot. Um, it's associated with um, salt for the flavor, uh, which is kind of interesting. But it's because it, it, it softens things, just like fire does. Fire softens things and uh, causes things to break down and get weak. Then you have, um, which I'll, I'll just hit earth because fire engenders um, earth. Earth in the six uh, is um, for sweetness or bland. So those are the two things that um, earth will create. So which is kind of cool because the idea is that sweet will always tonify the other flavors, just like how earth will always need to be there for the other transitions to occur. So if someone was like really, really, really tired, what you would do is you would give them a sweet and acrid um, or pungent food like ginseng because ginseng is also sweet. So it's sweet and acrid, giving that dispersing energetic effect that you get from it. Um, and then, like we said, uh, so fall is more bitter. Fall is very draining and drops things downward. That's what that's. Uh, so that's the metal. Um, and then you have uh, the water, which, weirdly enough, um, is uh, kind of like like I said, the water is kind of uh, is winter like. So it's it's going deep, deep down into the earth, which is what we see when the sun's not around. So we have. It's summer when it when it's when it's summer in Australia. It's winter here because the sun is away and it's going towards Australia instead. And we have those cycles where one part of the world is having the spring, the other part of the world's having the fall. One part of the world's having the summer, the other part of the world's having the winter. And that's kind of how it plays out. Um, it's it's really, really fascinating actually. So then, how? Because most people have questions on like, okay, well, I understand that fire, or I'm sorry, wood could could engender fire. And it's like, okay, I understand that fire could engender earth because like, if we think of like lava and stuff like that, and then it's like, okay, well, what about earth making metal? Well, the minerals in the, in the, on the, in, in the earth, especially after like animals die and stuff like that, minerals get replenished. Finally, metal making uh, water is the idea that metal is cold and it's down bearing just like the fall is. So what happens is through the cold air, it causes the, uh, the, air, the, the water molecules in the air to cool off and it collects, causing condensation, which is the same idea of the fall. So spring births, summer grows, fall harvests, which is why you have like the metal to reap all of the stuff in the field and stuff like that, and then winter stores. And that's kind of the cycle of life, unfortunately, even for us. Like we have our ebb and flow of spring, summer, fall, winter. And for you and me, we're probably at the the summer stage <laughs> before we hit the fall. 
Wow. Yeah. That was quite the the walkthrough there. Yeah, it's it's and then you have each one controlling good. the other. So Did you ever see this movie Spring, Summer, Autumn, Winter, and Spring? No. That's oh, a great movie. Huh. I think you would like it. I'm pretty sure it's Korean. Could be wrong about that though, but it's it's about the stages of life. It doesn't huh. exactly ex- and of course connecting it to seasons. It doesn't exactly explain anything that you just did, but it, it ties in and it just made me think of it because one, it's beautiful, and two, you might like it. Huh, that is interesting. I have to... It's not very old, maybe fifteen years. Spring, summer, autumn, winter, and spring. <laughs> huh. I have to look it up. It's very it's a trippy well no, it's artsy we'll say, but it's it's a sweet film. Huh. Uh, especially as a man. It's pretty much just about this man going through the stages of life, and it's almost all taking place at this Buddhist temple, which is literally floating on a lake. Gotcha. The whole thing just takes place there pretty much. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to I have to look it up. It's a good flick. That sounds interesting. Yeah, The because uh, I, I do want to go back on uh, the mushrooms. Um, and connecting it a little bit more clearly with Ayurveda, unless I missed the... Oh, the yes. link. I maybe missed the link. So, like I said, when it comes to... Uh, but you also... There was something else you said about water being the heaviest. Yes. Um, why do some people... And you can tie this in mm-hmm. to... Why do some people get associated with certain... You wouldn't call them elements. What did you call them? Phases. Phases. Yeah. Um, it almost has like a sort of... And I don't mean this in a critical way. Just, just a general similarity uh just acknowledging a general similarity it almost has sort of like a um what's your sign kind of tone that i hear some people sometimes throwing <laughs> around like paolo will sometimes say to me i'm wood yeah <laughs> and i i don't know what he means it's intriguing but i don't yeah so the uh apparently it... some people think in terms of how people's personalities are Mm-hmm. these like these phases yes yeah okay. so it's it's all kind of the same idea so um what is associated so there's there's a negative aspect of wood quality which can be anger tell me about the negative yeah Let's yeah just hear about <laughs> i want to know what's wrong with me yeah so what <laughs> from is a chinese medicine perspective <laughs> this is essentially why i wanted to talk to you what's wrong with me andres <laughs> yeah so what is um is a is a very um the 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 emotion attached to it is is anger so very anger quality, and you like burst out, but it's not. So then when, when you go, that can't to, be true. <laughs> no, <laughs> I refuse. So that's what it, that's what it means. And and someone who actually, uh, in a sense, gets stuff done. That's what wood oh, what is crap. all about. They they get things done. <laughs> the funny thing is, so the opposite of wood is um, metal in this sense, because the opposite of spring is fall. Metal is associated with the fall, right? So metal people are. So I, I would be more like a like a wood person. I, I get stuff done, but I never or I start things and I get it done, but I never get it done correctly. So then you have someone like my wife that's fall, that's very collect uh, collecting, and she's more like. What's oh my an gosh. example? If you like, so an example would be like you did a good job shaving your head. That was you, yeah. you completed <laughs> yeah, right? that. So I don't care as much about like the the little the little details. So I'm not as much as a, of a oh, of a okay. perfectionist. So for instance, like let's say that we were putting up a bunch of like um frames on the wall. Yeah. Or Some cleaning. Of them, yeah, or cleaning. Some of them would be a little crooked. My wife would be the one that would be like, oh, that's so crooked. And she would 
fix it all and make it balanced. So that's what a that's what a metal person does. Um, so does that imply that you're? There's no value judgment though, right? It's just like this is what your this is your primary capacity. This is your propensity. Your propensity, like it would be like you you're capable of, as evidenced by your clearly your physique and your interest in strength. Like I'll bring over the big ass logs and you'll you'll make them you'll organize them. Yeah, but I'll yeah. you'll do the heavy lifting. I'll do the heavy lifting, and then I'll let someone else finish the the little the cleaning portion of it, making sure that both, everything's yeah. edged right. Which is <laughs> equal, arguably, in value, or yes. at least obviously both are valuable. Yes, um, and then you have like a, a water person. So a water person is more of a person who's like more. Um, they don't have as much drive. You would think of the opposite of fire. That's exactly what it is. Like a, a fiery person is someone like me who I have to make sure that I simmer down and I don't go too chaotic and crazy because I'll talk fast and I have to watch myself. So that's that's what a fire person is. And we're just like, go, 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 go. And I'll do like 15 different things at once, which makes sense because I, I got, you know, two master's degrees and a a doctorate degree in, in 4.5 years. So that tells you how that's crazy. That is um, <laughs> very impressive. A water what's person, the doctorate again? Is that the Cairo? That's the Cairo practice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so a water person is not as like, they, they need to get a little bit of a push. They're more like laid back and, and relaxed in that sense. And is it fair to say in Ayurveda, that's the equivalent of like excessive kapha or like yes. kapha kapha or however you'd say it. Yeah. Cause kapha is, what is that? That's um, that's water and earth, okay. which actually makes and, a lot of sense. Yeah. So, that's so. There's a there's yin yang theory principle, right? Where it's like, okay, well, sun is yang, uh, yin is moon, woman is uh, yin, man is yang, et cetera, et cetera. We can go back and forth. Hot is yang, yin is uh, is cold. When when it comes to yin yang theory, some things are kind of harder to separate. Um, so for instance, like would what would be more yin or yang, like oily versus, you know, like watery? It's like, oh, I, I'm not too sure. So, or... Wood would be that. What's that? Wood? Would? No, no. What would what would be more yin or yang, watery or oily? That kind of thing. Or, which is a, it's a, it's a, yeah. So when it comes to the three doshas in, in Ayurveda, it actually separates them nicely so that you're not really thinking of yin and yang in that sense. So like, for instance... Uh, we know that a pitta is is fire and water, which means that the person's uh, they will probably produce like uh, oily skin and um, they'll have like um, a lot of hot signs. Like you, you have to have heat signs if it's a pitta. If it's not, then it's always going to be a kapha, which is earth and water. Yeah, and then and vata is considered very ether and air, okay. dry. But you brought in yin and yang, so which immediately makes me think of Taoism, which we've largely spoken about in our previous conversations. Yeah. But are you uh, connecting these different, like, dare I say, traditions or, or schools of thought, or do they actually connect? Are you just connecting them, or do they actually have that? Is that a, a, a way of looking at it that is shared and sort of oh, it's, it totally, increasingly universal, maybe? It's, it's basically universal, yeah. So how does... Yin and yang is very Taoist in nature, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. how does that fit in with doshas? It's, that's it, interesting. Because I've never heard it put that way. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> so in a sense, um, and that's what's so interesting. So 
most people would, would associate um, dryness with young, in a sense. And heat. Be, because of heat, right? Okay. But that's technically not true. Like that's, um, so... Like dry skin. Yeah, dry skin and stuff. That's technically not really a a young it's a partially a, a young quality but also heat is a young quality for instance like when we're in florida and it's the summer and it's super humid that's a young quality and it's just wet and you're just like oh my god i feel so sticky that's young straight up so that's <laughs> so but then there's also the other aspect of young that can actually be i guess dry in nature so if you if you think about it it's weird to say, but like there's, so kapha, pizza, and vata have yin-yang balances to it. So like, for instance, like I said, pizza is, is very yang based, but there's also the yin quality of being oily, but you can also consider that yang. And you see how it can get confusing? So that's why the separation of pizza, kapha, and vata actually makes a lot of sense uh, to use in terms of uh, like diagnosis. Because we could argue to like forever about, oh, well, is this more yin or more yang? And the real, the real truth to it is like, for instance, non-movement is yin base. So that's a, and that's a kapha quality, not moving. Um, something that's solid, that's, form, uh, that's, that's well-formed and stuff, that's a yin quality. Um, versus something that's very airy, moving all the time, uh, exuberant, ridiculous, is, is very uh, yang based. And that would be, you know, like bata. The word ridiculous stands out. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the most exciting aspects of these kinds of like, you know, deep dives and these like you unpacking all of this in your obviously passionate and almost like savant like way to the extent that you know <laughs> it all and you're aware of it all is the the sort of just pure almost curiosity about it all. In the sense, in other words, there's no value inherent value judgment to any of this mm -hmm. right yeah like yeah. In, in the context of dare i say morality or just better or worse right wrong it doesn't matter did like preferential components none of that is even applicable it's just understanding yourself it's just there yeah so even when when uh it's just understanding you who you are and who that person is and how that's how it. it works. It's yes. like a, there's a purity to it. So kind of like, because most people know in Ayurveda, like how there's, you have your uh, your constitution, uh, your prakriti, I guess is what they call it. And it's basically like how much of the three doshas are you made up of? Yeah. Or like, so there's not too many people who are balanced of the like tri-doshic where they're balanced vata, balanced pizza, balanced kapha kind of thing. There's something that kind of overrides Based the on other. what I, but you just confirmed about what I just said is that's, that's a that doesn't matter. That's fine, and yeah. that's that's the super important part. Right. So, for instance, I think my, people often think that the word that to, when you say not balanced, it implies imbalance, and there's an inherent leap towards wrong. Yeah, okay. and that's not true. As not long true. as that's like so, that's what the prakriti is. It's like born constitution. So, for instance, uh, if we're thinking of Ayurvedic purposes, let's say I was a, a more pizza than kapha and vata, which technically I am. Like I can't consume too many uh, hot foods or I can't drink too much alcohol because I start to get severe heartburn because I already have a lot of fire in me, so it's not helpful. Um, so that kind of thing. It's, it's not about being, it's about balancing that out. So it's like knowing yourself, knowing that it's not bad to not be completely balanced in the tri-dosh, like you said. It's just 
what is. And when it comes to the five element theory that you were talking about, where it's like, well, I've heard that was like very wood. That's true. But you also have the other qualities. So there's also aspects of me where I'm just like, I'm very type B. Like personality-wise, I'm very relaxed and chill. That would be considered like a water quality. Mm. But my personality in general is very fire-based. Mm. <laughs> so it's one of those things. You have all of them. And the, the whole point is just to make sure that you, in a sense, uh, balance out the virtues based on your individual actions and stuff. So, for instance, if um, if I have a lot of energy and I'm chaotic and crazy, the best thing I can do is do more yin-based things. So like a yin-based yoga, if you will, compared to something like um, hot yoga. That would kill me. I would go insane because I'm already revved up. So you want to balance your imbalance, not, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how, that's how that works. So when we went back with the mushrooms thing and you said, I can never remember the word, but how it's, it's more yin and it's like more down bearing. Which one? Rishi? Uh, or, oh, uh, Tamas, Tamasic. Yes, Tamasic. Yeah. I can never remember that word. I think it's Tamasic, Rajasic, and Sattvic. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing. So for instance- But it is often presented as that. And that's exactly. kind of the, that's my, that's the little- So that, um, you want, like, so, and this is, this is a good case for it. So um, mushrooms are kind of, like we said, they're downbearing, which makes sense because what do they do in nature? They decompose and they, they go, de and they grow downward. They degenerate every. They de. Yeah, they decompose. I guess is the right word. And they create a network underground. Mm -hmm. It does exactly what it's going to do to you in the body, which is always brilliant. So whatever you see it doing in nature is most likely going to happen to you. Yeah, the mycelium network. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, you know, I lived at an ashram for mm -hmm. a little bit. That's when I really learned about Ayurveda. I spent. Uh, little over two months when I was in college. Oh, cool. It was like my summer internship yeah, <laughs> before senior year. And I, so I learned a lot about Ayurveda. I was studying yoga generally and learning about Ayurveda, learning about the Vedas in general. Um, and the, the context that I, I perceived the way that this was all being presented was with a kind of um, inherent value placed mm -hmm. upon it like sattvic is best and rajasic has its place and tamasic is bad yeah yeah and mushrooms they like they literally won't eat them it's like which not is... acceptable to eat them which makes so the confusion i think that inevitably sinks in is like well what's the purpose of these things what is their place do they have a place why and how do you reconcile that um, not willingness or the unwillingness to eat a mushroom with, like you just pointed out, the inherent need for and biological imperative for mycelium and yeah. fungus. The, these kinds of, th this is a general sort of question for me when it comes to all of these, um, I guess, traditions is like, to what extent are they presenting information in a way which is either dated or obsolete or just confusing it's that's the that's the issue <laughs> a lot of the the reason and why yet, they say obviously that, based on your entire world there's clearly still a very relevant place yeah the message is lost that's all like for instance mm -hmm. um good way to think synthesize what i was just saying yeah <laughs> yeah the message is lost simplify it <laughs> 
So if we're if we're thinking about mushroom, you have to think about when would you want to be down bearing? When would you want to bring stuff down? And for, for obviously for someone like me, you would want to. So if someone is uh let's actually let's use that. Let's say someone's an insomniac. It would actually oh. not be a bad idea to actually bring things down because all of your energy is up top. Um the same for um if someone Wait, doesn't an insomniac, really? Yeah, yeah, for something that's actually bring things downward. Oh, because yeah. they're not able to... Get Everything's this. up yeah. here. It's like floating up in the air. So that's why the insomnia occurs. But then if you have someone else, which most people do absolutely correctly, oh, I can't get up, I uh, get some coffee, they wake up and they have all the energy in the world. It's that same concept. Um, so we just focus too much on open, 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 and we don't talk about coming back down. Um, and that's where I think the problem is. <laughs> it's all, so yeah. <laughs> do your do your mushrooms at night yeah do your mushrooms at night <laughs> or if you need to be a, a downer anyway yeah eat mushrooms yeah. yeah um which is kind of interesting because my uh this is western medicine terms but like nutrition uh mushrooms and um mushrooms and uh and onions have a synergistic effect to them funny thing enough is that onions are very opening Right. That was the other thing I remember from the yeah. um, garlic and onions and things of that nature were also basically taboo. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other. That was it. It was mushrooms on the one end, garlic and onions yeah. and such on the other. And I specifically remember having <laughs> like I didn't even engage in the conversations because I was just there as a student. Essentially, I was very much doing the uh, the yoga monkey monk thing, not monkey. Although I guess that fits too. And um I was just observing and there was clearly a, a perception from some people that, well, that's what I mean, why would you why would you do it any other way? And da, yeah. da, 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 da. and there was this absolutist kind of thinking that I was taken aback by often. And it's uncomfortable. It's an yeah. uncomfortable kind of paradigm to to uh to witness and to live with and to want to support which clearly like you said it's it's not understood in the right context exactly so their their fear is the fact that the the definition of something being toxic is something that throws you off center it doesn't necessarily mean oh god Toxic, toxic. So it's whatever throws you this off. This is center. why I'm recording the entire freaking conversation, basically. <laughs> so say that again. The de hey, hang on. Yeah. The definition of toxic. That was awesome. Yeah. So the definition of toxic doesn't necessarily mean anything else but being thrown off center. So that's all it is. So if you think of a target, what you want to be is you want to be centered. Everything when it comes up, which I guess we should go back to the flavors. So spring is acrid, as we said before. Um, and then after that, you have uh, summer is very um, salty. Summer is salty because it softens the heart. It actually increases the blood pressure and stuff, which is interesting. That's how it does it. It softens, breaks things up, but it also moves, which is wild. Um, then after that, you have uh, sweet, which is the center. Sweet is actually the most easy. Like you can, you can always consume that. Our fruits are all sweet for the most part and stuff like that. But if you overconsume it, you'll actually create... Now we're going to go back to Ayurveda, like kapha-based qualities, more yin-based qualities, which will throw you off center because it's too rich in a sense. Um, then after that, you have uh, metal, which is sour, which is associated with the fall because sour is collecting. Well, what's the fall? Fall is also collecting. And then finally, you have um, the, uh, the water, 
which is winter, which is very bitter. And then what does it do? Bitter drains things. It brings things down, cools things off. So it actually makes a lot of sense on how that all works out, right? Um, so let's say you're someone who consumes way too much acrid things. Well, if you're consuming so many, so many acrid things, and if we were thinking about the four seasons of the year, spring, you're consuming way too much spring, which means you never have any time because you're throwing yourself off balance. You're never actually giving your body or your energy enough time to go to uh, winter collecting or not winter. I'm sorry, fall to collect. So that's what that's what it is. So spring is the opposite of fall. Summer is the opposite of winter. So if I'm eating things that are super, super salty and stuff like that, I will actually, in a sense, actually create more heat in a weird way. And I would have to cool it down with bitter. So it's a target. It's a giant target. I guess in a way what just clicked for me, and I appreciate you reading my body language, <laughs> is that the value, not just of, I mean, obviously nutrition is valuable. Yeah in its right context with clear understanding. Yeah, if somebody's clear about how they're understanding it all. But you're specifically, and I guess the, the coolest, most significant, as I'm hearing it, detail about all of these, obviously ancient um, sciences even, to some extent, right? Mm -hmm. Is that they, they're more specific than anything we tend to normally think of with regard to nutrition and eating because of that respect for time. Yes. And that's so damn key. You know, people are obviously based on you and your, what is it, 80th day? I know I said 50th in the beginning. <laughs> you're on eight, day 80 of your fast, but fasting is increasingly popular, intermittent, so to speak, fasting, mm -hmm. which is literally just in its most simplest context, letting your digestive system rest, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, like that's... Letting your metabolic system have a enough rest. Basically a fall and a winter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in a in the context of a more consistent, like, couple days, week maybe, mm -hmm. sometimes even every day for some people. Yeah. So that's an awareness of time that's increasingly fashionable and maybe... in important and good mm -hmm. but what you're speaking to is a broader need to respect time with regard to your um relationship to not just seasons but well i guess it is yeah just seasons yeah, yeah. everything has its season yeah That's and it's so it. so clearly obvious and it just it got me thinking about the fact that we're confused or ignorant to that in general yeah largely because of you know part of what makes us so special is our capacity i was just discussing this yesterday with a good friend last night sitting on my porch our capacity to just you know completely um uproot everything around us and uh destabilize and and um control and dominate to an extent, we have that capacity, and so do other creatures, but ours is unique. The excess of the human is is unique. Yeah. And it's obvious that just because <laughs> you have certain things available to you all the time, in the context of food, it's not necessarily, it doesn't, just because it's available doesn't make it 
um, inherently valuable in the way you may be thinking. Exactly. You're negating the need for like the dandelion to be relevant to time. You're negating the need for the squash to be relevant to time. You're negating the the reality of time in terms of your wellness, your health. Exactly. And it throws us, it literally throws us off balance. So it's like- um, Over and over and over, like on a normal basis. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what toxicity is. It's when you're actually thrown off center, off balance. And it doesn't have to just be nutrition, but I will like finish the nutrition aspect and saying- Yeah, it's not just nutrition. You're speaking to more than that already. Yeah. And so for instance, which this is a yin and yang aspect, again, excess versus a little bit. which is weird because yang is actually more subtle. Yin is Wait, more Say massive. that again. Something's... So um, excess versus like deficiency and stuff. So what I mean by that is like when it comes to cancer in, in America, we overconsume. We have cancers because of excess, not because of deficiency, not because we're lacking vitamins and stuff. Mm. Compared to cancers in other parts of the world who don't have food as much as us because we're just fat people who consume everything all the time. If you look at other countries, they actually get their cancers from uh, deficiencies. They're not having enough nutrition. So cancers can come one way or the other, more yin or yang base. Again, that's the whole thing with yin yang theory. Um, And when we were talking about, for instance, like uh, people who are uh, crazy fitness people, um, uh, especially bodybuilders, they aesthetically look great. Their muscles are great, but not their internals, right? To some, to not, not the the excessive bodybuilders that we were talking about. But um, so for instance, let's say you have uh, the, um, let's let's use the, uh, the, the cardinal uh, directions, north, south, east, west. And let's label north, south, east, west, a different aspect of, of health or uh, training or whatever. So let's say we have, you know, east is flexibility, you know, south is strength training, north is cardio, and the west is like meditation. Well, for me personally, I hate stretching. I, I prefer to do um, meditation and strength training. I barely do cardio and I barely do stretching. So in a sense, I'm already causing myself to become toxic, introducing dis-ease, dis-ease, because you're, you're, you're going out of, uh, you know, it's becoming uneasy, causing myself to get sick. So that's what it's all about. It's all about knowing that everything has its own season and there's an ebb and flow and you have to try and balance it all out in a certain way, depending on you specifically. And it's not a literal conventional season. It's it's also time in the context of the day, in the context of yeah. your couple of days. It's all so a yeah, minute. So the inevitable, the inherent requirement, or the requirement for variety, is is paramount. Like yeah. you, it's not just a nice idea. It's exactly. it's paramount. Yeah. So I am curious about a, an example of a cancer that comes from deficiency, but what were you going to say first? Oh, I was just going to say that, um, like, so for instance, um, wow, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was talking about the whole seasonal thing. Um, so a season can be in a minute. It can be in an hour. It can be in 24 hours. Like it's all there. So, and it can be in obviously the year, the whole nine yards and it, it can, it's infinite. It can go in any way, shape or form is how you think about it. So I just wanted to add that about the seasons. When it comes to deficiency um, uh, and like a cancer, so for instance, some of our Chinese herbs are actually there to to actually uh, produce 
more nutrients in the person's body. And normally we're not thinking of, oh, well, the person's deficient in magnesium and potassium, whatever. Like, for instance, my wife is too high and revved up all the time, uh, energetically speaking. So she's got really, really tight shoulders and you'll actually see in her pupils. Um, if the pupils are unnaturally dilated all the time, that's a sympathetic issue. You're, you're, you're not relaxed. So, and one of my mentors who's teaching me face reading right now, which is fantastic, but one of my mentors, he was talking to uh, um, both of us and he did, he did a face reading for free on my wife. And he was like, um, he was like, wow, he's like, your, your, your pupils are um, actually, you know, a little dilated. You, you're, you're having uh, too much sympathetic. So too much young in a sense. And uh, my wife was like, yeah, I know. Like I've always like stressed out and I've had like insomnia and stuff like that. And she's like, I really, um, I've been really trying to like, cause she has, a, she's getting her master's degree in mindfulness that so she's about to graduate in like in the next two years, uh, two, two months. And uh, yeah, actually no, in May. So she's, yeah, she's graduating this May. Uh, so less than two months. And uh, she was like, yeah, no, I've tried to like meditate constantly and do my mindfulness and stuff. And he's, he started laughing and he's like, that's not going to work. And she was like, what do you mean? He's like, imagine getting like um, jacked up on cocaine and trying to meditate. He's like, it won't work. So he's like, we need to give you, we need to balance out your, your, um, your, um, your magnesium, potassium balance to, to fix out uh, and balance the, uh, this parasympathetics with the sympathetics. And it's that same kind of idea. There's something that's, again, off-center, just a little. It's off-center, and we have to put it back. So even when it comes to cancers, there are cancers in, 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 uh, in, in America that are mostly excess. When other people, they're all like um, emaciated and thin and, and weak. And because of the weakness and because there's something that's empty there, cancer is allowed to manifest in a sense. It's pretty wild. Uh, sometimes it's normally because of the fact that like, um, like let, let's, let's just make something up. Like let's say it's, uh, it was too much exposure to a certain type of uh, chemical or um, uh, metal or something like that. What, what that would essentially do though is you are, you're, you're obviously you're in excess of something, but it's not excess of nutrients, which will help clear that out. It's actually deficiency in nutrients that will help you clear that type of cancer out in a sense, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. No, it, a lot of it makes sense. It's very, it, you're just so damn thorough. It's just <laughs> it's crazy. It's wonderful. It's delightful. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And we've yeah. barely actually been like we've been talking a lot. You know, it hasn't been that long. Wow. And I guess that's inevitably what happens. I just balance it out with my sort of mushroomy tamasics uh kapha vibe over here just sitting and <laughs> taking it in. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot and it's great and oh my gosh. So if you had something more, go for it. I guess you answered my question about the deficiency thoroughly enough. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, so... that yeah, It's again, okay to have a moment of silence. I'm good with that, too. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it's uncomfortable for a good thing for people. Oh, for some... Yeah, for some people it is. Yeah. I I was that way. I'm intrigued by your bringing up your relationship, and I am I'm thinking. This is what I was mm. thinking just then. So for what it's worth, about obviously yes, because I, I do think that 
race is relevant in an unexpected way now, oh, yeah. but also gender. And I'm curious about how you think in terms of gender. Um, so I was just thinking about where to go. Like, it, it is, are, those re- are those questions worthwhile enough? And I also know we have about half an hour left. Here, here's the thing about race that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Is to what extent are you pro- positioning yourself towards that kind of dis-ease if you're not living in a particular environment? Mm. So the obvious... Um, so to speak, multicultural, um, global civilization and, and melting pot buffet style <laughs> way of organizing ourselves that is clearly attractive, you know, as opposed to homogeneity and everybody just in their separate camp. Mm-hmm. Do we do ourselves a disservice inevitably in that regard or is it okay can we adapt is the uh, is the capacity for adaptation just something that we need to um improve or or focus on more you know even just the basic point about we don't have to get into something as obviously provocative and um clearly destructive as slavery but the the last year we've heard so much about how vitamin D, um, the capacity to process it has been relevant for so many people in different ways. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Most of, most of, yeah, my people, uh, we're very deficient in vitamin D and it can also decrease the hormone production. So Mm. yeah, so it's, it's, there's a whole, there's a whole issue with that. In terms of how I feel about the racial climate in today's time. Well, that's a different conversation. I'm thinking about how race actually relates to the require, like it's another element, like time. Yeah, like you hinted yeah. on time and you, you explained it so well in terms of the seasons are, they occur within the day, they occur, they occur within yeah. the, it's not just what we normally think of. Yeah. I, it just got me thinking, okay, the other, another variable is phenotype, AKA race. Yes. So yeah. time and phenotype. Um, yeah. I was just literally wondering, gosh, how, to what extent does that even, do we need to respect that? Yeah. Just like we need to respect time. There's a, there's a huge aspect to that actually. So for instance, uh, you my, can talk about the climate if you want to. Yeah. I don't even know. Well, what. <laughs> well, okay. So both are fine with me. That, that's, that's open. Cause it, I think they, I think in a weird way, they all mesh together Great. as one thing. Go but, for it. So Let her rip. my wife is, is white. So, and she's, Pell, pell, pell. Like she'll get burned after two minutes outside. Like that polar bear behind you? <laughs> yeah. Compared to me, I've never burned a day in my life. And I have heard of black people getting burned. So I, I and then some of them have been darker than me. So I don't, I don't understand it. Cause like I will sit out on the blacktop for like eight, nine hours for band camp shirtless and will never get burnt. So I, I don't, I'll never understand that when some people say that. But, um, but yeah. Was so, band camp recent? Oh, band camp was in high school. Yeah. So yeah, that's the whole thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. One time at band camp. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, Do you still play an instrument? No, not anymore, unfortunately. Uh, well, it's because of the fact that I haven't been, I haven't seen my parents in like, what, eight, eight years, eight, nine years. And this adds the racial climate thing. Mm. My parents are not happy with the, the person I choose to marry because she's white. Yeah. You mentioned that our first conversation. Yeah. yeah so because of that, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I've been basically disowned um, for a while now. Um, and um, yeah, but it, yeah, it's no, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird when it comes to that stuff, but yeah, when it comes to uh, my wife and I and, and nutrition and like how you're supposed to live kind of like everyone else, like, yes, there, there's, there's a, there's a difference when it comes to the different ethnicities, like we said about the sunlight and stuff like that. But then it also obviously matters when it comes to, uh, um, other aspects of your life and how you should live based on, cause everyone's individual. So when you have like example of this would like be, if you have multiple kids, like I want four kids, I know all four of them are going to be different. Like they just will. You want four kids. I want four kids. Why do you want four kids? I need to bring back the longs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah my yeah. last name's Long, everyone. Right, but yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so I have to, I have to, um, I will have introduced you. Multiply. Uh, in the beginning but yes oh cool and it'll yeah. say your name but yeah long good point yeah. so you gotta and you're and you don't have siblings yeah or, i do i have i have one sibling yeah um but not a he no no it's a she yeah and she's 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 a funny girl for sure uh <laughs> very hardcore she acts like a dude um so <laughs> you need to keep the longs going all right yeah so that's why um but yeah no um so when it comes to that aspect of things, especially when it comes to the, like the the racial climate, I feel like as a black person, I am living the best time I could ever live in America. My wife and I are watching the TV show Outlander, um, <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know, it's really I know the really show. Like it. <laughs> I know it very well. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're on uh, we're watching it on Netflix, and we're on uh, I think we're on the season four now, and. Uh, She's like, oh man. I have only seen up to the end of season four. Yeah. She she talks about it and she's like, you know, back then there were certain aspects of life that were easier than it is now. The stresses that are now uh, are much harder than it was in the past. But then there's other aspects of life in the past that was much harder than it is now. So this is this weird little balancing. And she's like, I prefer to have that kind of lifestyle or it was actually more relaxed. I didn't have to worry about like, uh, you know, my cell phone, my job, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And she's like, wouldn't it be cool to go back in time? Like during that time, I was like, absolutely not. Like I, I wouldn't want anything before basically probably one BC. Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One AD, like at all. Um, at all because blacks had a rough time for the past 2000 years. And right now it's great, but anytime before that, heck no. <laughs> so yeah, we were joking about that a lot recently. Um, so there's, there's another thing with that, like, uh, the cultural difference in the ethnicity with ethnicity. Yeah. That came up, uh, I guess generally what was the context I was discussing? Oh, literature or ancient texts and i'm curious hopefully it'd be nice if i was wrong about this but there is there any equivalent to even just something like the vedas or um these obviously the the foundations of chinese medicine or of course the bible that came from some anywhere in africa as far as i can tell no um there like i know that like uh the as far as cultures i know like nubia is a big deal mm -hmm. and uh what's in ethiopia to a degree uh but other than that i don't think there's any like as far as i can tell or i've heard of there's no ancient not organized stuff. and written down so to speak in that kind of a way unless yeah. you go back to like babylon 
Yeah. That would be the only one. Okay. As far um, as I can tell. Which is relevant and okay. Yeah. Hammurabi's cold. Kind <laughs> of stuff like that. <laughs> eye for an eye, two for a tooth. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty relevant to people still today. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting though how that all seems to get co-opted into other, like you just said, even like post um, or even just Judeo-Christian myths and narratives and concepts. It's just like integrated into the biblical narrative. You know? Yeah. Um, there's no unique, quote unquote, and of course it wouldn't be African. It would be specific. Like you said, it'd be an Ethiopian or uh, it would be a specific part of Africa, not yeah. African. And there isn't something of that equivalent, like Vedas to India or Kung Fu even to China. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, like and, even the Egyptians have aspects of... Uh, yeah, they, which is technically Africa, so to speak. But yeah, clearly, as above, so below comes from them, which okay. I, I didn't even notice. But yes, <laughs> as above, so below comes from them, and they have 13 chakras. All right, so I guess <laughs> then the distinction is sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, then we could use that. And then and that's where... Like I said, Nubia, but I know Egypt and Nubia were having issues back then. And like, if you look at the term Egypt, it was actually called Mitraim. It was not called Egypt because Egypt literally means just oppression and bondage. So there's a lot of stuff that was, I guess, flipped on its head when it comes to the continent of Africa and its history. Like, I know that the last great empire was the Sungai Empire before we had like the huge transatlantic slave trade and stuff like that, where Western Africa was... Well, most of Africans were trading other Africans or whatever, right? Um, that was the last empire, and I know nothing about it. Mm. Like, I, I tried to a little bit. I know that, oh, the Sunga Empire, super powerful, great empire, but nobody knows anything. <laughs> Not Well, I think partly because of that, the yeah. lack of some sort of um, organized literature that's endured. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of things were burnt away. Well, and that's that's true because like even when you look at Chinese medicine, we only have half of it. Uh, and mm. the same with the Shaolin. The Shaolin said most of their stuff was burnt. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff missing. So there's another half the Chinese medicine that most people don't know. And I think that's where some of my teachers are like, it will be in my best interest to study more Ayurvedic medicine because it has the other half. So if you ever hear Chinese medicine, we always talk about the five yin organs, heart, liver, kidney, you know, spleen, et cetera. But we don't know anything about the yang organs, which is like the stomach, the large intestine, the small intestine. But if you go to Indian medicine, you'll notice that the source of kapha imbalance is in the stomach. The source of vata imbalance is in the large intestine. The source of um, pizza imbalance is in the small intestine. Wildly enough, and I know I cannot explain this or teach this and like, Anytime, it would, it would take me like a week, but it connects so well to the 12 organs and the six confirmations in Chinese medicine and five element theory. It, the whole thing makes sense. It, it awesome. opened up like another door of understanding that I thought was, or that is absolutely missing. And it's really cool. And they say that on both ends. Like they're like, oh, well, if you're an Ayurvedic practitioner, you should learn Chinese medicine. And mm. if you're a Chinese medicine practitioner, you should learn Ayurveda. Yeah. Well, bravo to you for having done it. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> Do you think the word, this could seem out of left field, but I am curious. It's not obviously related to the quote-unquote climate, but do you think the word Aryan is relevant in any way to 
with specific I mean it's has an Indo root, right? Yeah, as a as a black person, I couldn't care less. I, I have yeah. no idea about the whole thing with oh the Aryan, Aryan race, all that. Like I, we don't care. <laughs> of course. I admit and that it's, um it's not even something that we think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's come up a lot. It's a scary word for good reason. Yeah. Um but it's fascinating in the sense that it I my it doesn't seem like the roots are intended. I guess in a way, this is kind of my my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, why the hell do we need all of these old concepts? Uh, the different like labels and stuff. In in a particular sense, like what you're referring to about time, fascinates me. The the mm-hmm. need to respect time in the context of what I would call real wellness, or just taking care of yourself and understanding mm-hmm. yourself there's this other component of heritage and what we, you know, what do you call it? Ethnicity or mm. um, ancestry or the most, I guess, <laughs> uh, boiled down term phenotype. It seems like we're struggling as a species. Uh, and this is such an obvious statement to understand that. And we are really not going about it in a, seemingly very productive way and in a, and i i don't know if it's valuable for us to get so i'm interested in how we can go about it in a more productive way and to what extent do we need to understand history or the 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 even the first like the you just brought up so much history that most people have zero mm-hmm. um concept of to what extent is that all important can we because I guess the, the possibility of us as a species um, truly having a kind of liberation mm-hmm. where we can be celebrating each other without the clearly, uh, as you referenced your personal life, without the mm-hmm. destructive elements and the um, the tragic elements. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell is it going to take for us? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Because like, when you think about history... Most people, especially, I would even say, uh, like our generation and younger and stuff like that, um, they don't value history. And I think that is slightly a shame because, you know, yeah, history doesn't repeat itself, but it most certainly rhymes is what we normally say, right? Yeah. Um, so I've never heard that. That's, that's good. Yeah. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And I, I totally agree with that. Like, you can just see it every time. There's like, it's an ebb and flow of everything. Um, yeah, that's good. The thing is, I think it goes as far as to making sure you understand the mistakes of what happened in the past and try not to follow it again. Like, I think the smartest person in the world or a wise person would be one who um, sees the mistakes of someone else and says, I don't want to do that compared to making the mistakes themselves. The other aspect is, so I think it's it's one for that reason, like learning from mistakes. The other one is there is a certain degree of tradition that is a good thing. Um, and I think that's where like philosophy matters and stuff like that. And even be able to talk about that. So like, my, so my family has a certain philosophy, uh, like, and I'm talking about like the extended family and, and in my household. And then my friend's families have a different philosophy. Well, who is your extended family? Like your wife's side? Um, well, yeah, sister? actually we can use, we can use that. We can use both. Actually. I was thinking of like, like my mom and dad's side, grandparents, oh, okay. all that stuff. But yeah, Cousins. even, even my wife's side, um, it's funny because when they talk when when talking about marriage, most people say, "Okay, you you want to 
you want to focus on a couple things when finding a spouse. One is you have to have, uh, they normally say like the same type of spiritual belief structure, right? It's just, that's, that's super important. But also, which I think in general, you could just encompass it and say, you have to have the same philosophy. So then that's the spiritual or religious philosophy. That's the political philosophy, which actually might matter more, which is weird because like, for instance, if someone's super far left and the other person's super far right, one person's like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, the right person, let's say it's like a husband or whatever. He's trying to, you know, be an amazing entrepreneur. But the wife is like, oh, stick it to the entrepreneurs. They suck. You know, money's a bad thing kind of thing. There are some people like that. It has caused divorce to occur. So it actually is more dangerous to not have a very good encompassing philosophy where you actually agree on on those aspects of things. Um, that also just sounds like a context where superficiality is sort of overly um significant yeah it's overly obsessed of superficiality and i think we spoke about this before but like when we were talking about i think we did we speak about dating apps before and how yeah a little bit i think yeah yeah, like you'll have someone they're they're actually perfect for the most part like they're they're perfect and in in the best way we can say they're perfect but You'll, you'll be looking at them and you're scrolling through like, oh, this is their religious view. What are you doing on dating apps? <laughs> not me. Not me. But because I, I actually never signed into a dating app, but I, I was Just jumping on my friends Hypothetically, if somebody was scrolling. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If you're scrolling and you look at it, it's like, oh, man, I hate this person now. Everything is perfect about this woman, but she likes the Steelers. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm an Eagles fan. Screw them. Like that's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, and that's one of that's <laughs> one of the most obviously superficial examples. But yeah, two. Okay, you kind of helped me understand what I guess where I was kind of coming from a little bit ago, and you said it really well. Uh, uh, understanding, did you say heritage or ancestry or? Yeah, the, like the the culture, the philosophy. Yeah, we can use yeah. all those words. That is, if there's one um, really important takeaway from this conversation thus far to me is that the if you're not careful just like trying to unintentionally i guess um devalue or or negate the need for variety in all and biodiversity and diversity if you're not careful you're going to shoot yourself in the foot by ending that and make every making everything the same it's almost like we're ignorant to the biological imperative on in every context of life that is diversity and variety and difference yeah so you're but the confusing or not confusing just the the ignorance is thinking that that doesn't um that that means that we can't obviously have community and commute and be in a communal way with each other. Yeah. It's cockamamie. So it, <laughs> what you're speaking to in general about the foundations of uh, your profession, if you will, makes it's an easy connection to the broader needs culturally and as a species. And it seems like it has a lot to do with that. The, the reality of life requiring variety, diversity, distinction difference, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a requirement, not just something we have to accept. Exactly. It's actually a biological imperative. Super important. And it's it's funny because if we're looking at like um, the cultural climate in America, have you noticed like the death of the family unit? I've heard talk about it. So 
okay. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I don't want to assume anything. Just the idea that, you know, well, being a family in general, like there, there is none of that. There's no father anymore or maybe like... Um, you know what the cliches no that people like me hear is that, you know, the cliches that I'm most aware of is that it's because of there being no fathers in the urban settings and the black neighborhoods that mm. all this crap is happening. I have not heard, and obviously that's so messy and, and ridiculous yeah, and yeah. there's so much context that's being ignored. I've not heard what I think you're saying is, I've not heard it beyond more like just a kind of almost complaint or borderline conspiracy that there's like an attack on family and an attack on fatherhood and an yeah. attack on ma masculinity is that what you're speaking to and that may be true i i honestly but I, you may be right though yeah and i i don't this is weirdly enough and i don't i don't like and it may even be happening without people even knowing that they're taking part in it yeah so what i what, what i've noticed is i think that you should follow like you should you should look and see um who are successful, like what people are successful, what families are successful. So if we're looking at someone like um, the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, et cetera, they have a family unit. So the point, like even like the Buffets and the, um, and the Mungers, they, they have such a family unit that like, you know, oh, well, they kind of put everything together. It's actually very socialistic. And I think families should be a socialistic like concept. That's what a family is really. Um, almost, well, it, and then when it's like, like when it's in your own household, like obviously, uh, <laughs> I, I, it would be considered almost Marxism because it's not like I'm producing anything when my father was feeding me and clothing me and stuff. I'm not doing anything. So then that's, you know, but, but if you look at the best families and the most tight knitted families and the most successful people, they do have like strong families. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And for whatever reason, but not a randomly organized family, a specifically organized family. Yeah. So for, you know, you or me, I, we have to make, um, we have to make it our job and we have to deliberately build a good, powerful family unit. Because mm -hmm. um, if you have that, there's not really much you can do or you, you can't do is what I'm trying to say. Um, if you have a strong... Um, You're kind of handicapped. It's like going into life with a, yeah. a severe handicap. Yeah. And it's kind of the same idea of like uh, quarreling, like always kind of quarreling with your um, with a husband or wife, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, if you're constantly fighting, nothing gets done. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> and you start to resent each other more and there's really no love in it. And then you all of a sudden get a divorce. And I think like, even when it comes to like emotions, like love, I don't think we know what actual love is for the most part. And we, we fantasize over love that we see in movies and TV shows and stuff, but we really don't know how, which is weird. We don't know how to love. Like we don't, we can't give that energy away in some cases for most people. Um, and yeah, so that's how I that's how I think about it. I well, think about that's like, yeah, probably got a lot to do with the quote unquote the, the you know the definitions you've given to toxicity and dis ease. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it is a a pretty rough thing. <laughs> well, your your sounds like what we're suggesting is that it's yeah okay. Here's here's how it it's obvious that what we're kind of suggesting is that it's there's a cause and effect. Mm -hmm. But also what's not obvious is, I have to even think about how to say this. Um, uh, 
I guess in a way what we're speaking to is the the need to hmm I felt like I had an aha moment but I'll say it this way I guess it's mm -hmm. kind of simple the need to really think deeply about our values and why something why would we want to do something differently yeah um why would we want to be why would we want to change the cer certain and this is the essence of conservatism i guess but why would we want to change certain structures yeah why why would you want to change certain structures are you mm. um and some of them okay so that wasn't exactly the most poetic way to word it. Some structures need to change, and it seems yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. But in terms of the family, so it's like a no-brainer. You're meant to have, at the very least, two parents, right? Yeah. And probably a a larger support network that's beyond your two parents, a mm. larger um sense of community, community that extends beyond your two parents and i guess we know that but do we consider that to be a priority in the context of a good life or is it just something that's like yeah you either have it or you don't and it's nice you don't need it but it's nice it sounds like we're actually acknowledging that it's a it's a necessity it's a priority for a good life, and we are not prioritizing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would totally argue that it's it's a necessity. Um, yeah, especially like if you're, you're trying to build a family. Damn, doing yourself harm by not having it. Mm -hmm. All right. So then the the flip side is like how much individuality is okay though. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess in a way, the obvious point here is that we're we're too caught up in to our own detriment to the detriment of things that we even need without even realizing that we're potentially just um destroying them we're too caught up in our own individuality yeah actually, and our capacity to just do things randomly which i do think is a slight cancer <laughs> my uh my I, friend and i seems we, right yeah yeah we were <laughs> We were talking about it. Um, we were talking about some of the girls who are like severely independent. And that's great. Do you, boo-boo. That's fantastic. <laughs> the problem, <laughs> like, the problem but is. But are they, though? The word independent is, a, I think, quite a myth. I think it's actually. I agree. You're going to get to that. All right. I agree. I totally agree with you. So, for instance, like, it's like, you know, I'm a doctor. I'm starting to, you know, do stuff. And, and even though I'm independent, I love being around my wife. But you're not independent. That's the point. And Martin Luther King Jr. gave a really eloquent, I think it was a sermon, or I guess you could say, about the, I, I'm going to say, stupidity of the of independence. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm using the word as how some people are using it today, because I, sure. I totally agree with that. Because um, I was, I was uh, <laughs> we, we watched a podcast, me and my friend, and we were talking about, uh, they, had, they had three girls who did un OnlyFans, and they were just like, oh, you know, um, I'm so independent. I don't need no man, kind of thing. All this other crazy stuff, and uh, and they're they're doing great. Uh, they're you know some of these girls are making like a uh, million dollars a month selling their bathwater. That's disgusting. But 
a million dollars a month selling bath water. That's crazy, right? Wait, how do they sell bath water? What? Like I, you can actually just bottle the bath water? And... Yeah, yeah. She, she bottles her bath water and sells it. Um, she makes between like uh, she makes about one to one point one million dollars a month. Uh huh. Uh, this uh, the name's like Del Belfine or whatever. I was yeah, I was listening I'm to it. This up. So crazy. Um, so crazy. Not that I don't believe it. Just like that, that's. Oh, absolutely. Go look it up. It's fascinating. <laughs> Must be uh, um, some really good packaging. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of um. I guess what, what we say now we're calling them simps. Uh, Del so. Delphine opens up about her OnlyFans. This is on Vice. Yeah. And she's she's wild um yeah um most famous for selling gamer girl bath water for thirty dollars yeah so thirty dollars a pop and she makes a million a month right <laughs> okay Woo. um yeah so there's there's several girls like that or you'll you'll see them um uh, pop up and they're like, oh, I made $80,000 this month and stuff like that. But they think, and this is the issue, like they're just so unwise. They act like your your stereotypical um, sports stars and stuff, basketball players, football players who blow through their money throughout like their, their career, uh, you know, uh, playing sports and stuff. And then they're just dirt poor at the end. Mm -hmm. And most of these women don't understand that like there's a... Uh, <laughs> there's there's it's a, you're going to have five minutes of fame before another younger prettier girl is going to come up and take your your throne basically and take take the uh the reins um and these girls were actually arguing the fact that no that's not true i don't need anything but just to you know basically sell my body and i i don't need anyone else to work with and stuff like that and i just i think that's insane i think that's totally wrong because and most most successful men including your Warren Buffett's, including your Jeff Bezos's, even though he divorced his wife just recently, um, Jeff Bezos, was it last year or two years ago? Um, they will all admit that if it wasn't for their wives, they wouldn't be no nowhere near as successful as they were. Bill Gates has said it. I mean, that's why it's called the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Like you need to work together. <laughs> you will grow so much better if you do. Um, do you think, and it's almost 4.30, so you got to go mm. at 4.30, right? Yeah, 4.30, I got to go. Well, this may be um, <laughs> a sort of dot, dot, dot. I I don't, I, you know, I'm almost even more concerned about being sensitive in this context than race, like we were discussing before mm. we started. Yeah. Do you think that it's unique to women to try to be quote unquote independent? Is that something that you, is that your perception that it's unique to women to want that? No, if, if we are thinking of it that way, then I would say, well, I guess, no, actually maybe, maybe so. I know when it comes to like black women in the black community, we always, they always scream about being independent, that they don't need no man the whole nine yards. And when it comes Belle, to- Belle for the record is very white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. She is. Yeah. Pink, pink hair too. Pink hair. She she makes herself look younger because, and that's just yeah. Too. She's got this gamer. I, I guess she's supposed to look like some sort of anime character. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, when it when it comes to that, I don't think men care as much about independence. And as as far as I know, and from my friends and who I speak with, they want a woman so bad. So it's weird because it's like the opposite. It's like a woman's like, no, no, I don't, I don't need a man. And a man is more like, please, like, can I, can I court you? Can, yeah. can we get married? Right, right, right. 
Um, but then you also have the other group of men recently coming out that's like uh, MGTOW, Men Going Their Own Way, which is a whole nother... What's that? I don't... Men Going Their Own Way, MGTOW. It's a, that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. But if we're just talking about in general, like, I guess I'll say younger, younger men and, and women, weirdly enough, it seems like most women do want to be hardcore independent independent yeah i don't see that in men men don't seem to care as much they actually want a woman um which i find is kind of interesting it is interesting and i you know obviously we're just speaking sort of hypothetically it's not like it's all proven but i would wonder okay so clearly there would be some problems there for them like you're saying eventually the Chicken's gonna come to roost, or the you know the party's gonna end, if you will. Yeah. Depending on how you're going about becoming independent, but uh, also psychologically and sociologically, the implications are pretty, pretty dramatic. But it also <laughs> makes sense that people, of course, would want that if they think it's the only way to have autonomy and power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what the push is recently, especially with the, this is third wave feminism where they're just like, Oh, that's true too. That's another thought process. Um, and even some of my friends, um, they, they do scream, (laughs) uh, some of my friends and my, uh, my classmates from school, like if I look on their Instagram they will bring up something about toxic masculinity. So it is a thing that we're all talking about weirdly enough. And these are female friends, female friends talking about toxic masculinity and I don't need no man. But at the same time, they're a little depressed. Cause I know like sometimes well, that's they're like, part oh, of the psychology I, I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think sociologically it's, it's obvious you can't have a species without men and women yeah. reproducing. And then I wonder if some of you can't them can't have a functional species without men and women reproducing and passing on functional traditions and, mm-hmm. and behaving functionally, which is to say supporting more life. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, that's true. It's a psychological, yeah, the psyche. And then it worries me because of some of these people that I actually care about. And like, okay, they, they kind of dabble with talking to a dude and then they kind of like close themselves off and say, you know what, I'm an independent woman. I don't need a man kind of thing. Um, what, what worries me is at a certain mm. point, like let's say they're like, you know, 35, 39, and they're just like, what the hell happened? Like I, I'm still not married and I'm depressed and I hate my life. Yeah, That's an issue to me. Um, so oh, I don't gosh, know. gosh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, nope, I don't want people to suffer. It's a it's a big topic, and I, I I guess in a way it's obvious that we need to pause with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder. I'm always curious. I think everything has a purpose, and everything has a everything has value. Mm-hmm. You just have to understand the context and the purpose. Totally so agree. <laughs> women, some women, especially seemingly like you're saying maybe younger women but i don't know if it's just younger there might might be be more statistically younger at the moment wanting to um establish a certain level of autonomy and uh, i think power is accurate uh probably has i mean there's there's something good in that Mm -hmm. just like clearly there's something good in men wanting to um, provide and uh, make a quote unquote living and be purposeful and, and have a um, a relevant place 
in their collective. And part of that is, of course, wonderfully wanting to have a family. Which I will admit, on my end, it's when I when I started dating my wife, I had so much more drive. <laughs> so it is kind of interesting. It's like, well, when I have like purpose oh, or to provide to like just in court general, her or like when when I started dating her, like I didn't really have like I didn't really have any drive to do anything. And then after that, I'm starting to think about the future long term. Okay, well, ten years because I always think like way in advance. And it kind of just like it turned something on where I just snapped and I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta in a sense become a badass in, in every way I can. And man up. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, man up and, and be able to provide for her. And if she wants to do something else, which I know she does, because uh, right now she's a second grade teacher and it, it always, it's a burnout point. There's always a burnout point. So if I'm not producing enough for her to actually do other things, then yeah, I feel like it's on me. So I'm putting that on myself where I'm like, no, I need to be in a sense like your stereotypical good husband who's providing for the family. I go out. And I go hunt the deer and I slaughter it and I bring it back home. Like, <laughs> yeah, which we laugh about and we chuckle. It's like, oh, of course we're not doing that. But at the same time, it's like, well, actually, that does seem appropriate. Yeah. There is something probably important about that. And I might be As like a human. encoded. Yeah. Well, exactly what I was going to say. And we may need to end on this. Yes, the, the code, which I would call the reality so here's what I, I said earlier about humans. Like we're mm -hmm. unique, we're different from beavers in the capacity to manipulate and and just change what's around us. Beavers can do it, birds can do it. Mm -hmm. I guess a lot of things can do it and we're capable of doing it to a point of our own sort of self-destruction. Yeah. And the, to the point of catalyzing our own dis-ease. The equilibrium that we can um mess up seems unique our capacity to destroy the equilibrium seems unique <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i worry and it's a definite worry it's not going to keep me up at night yet but i worry that our attempt to go about solving these quote-unquote problems is with a complete and utter futility because we're not thinking in terms of the real the, of reality and mm -hmm. the, the context of being like you just said something coded which is to say human animals on earth with a need for the microbes in the soil yeah and with a need <laughs> for the sun and with a need for the air and with a need for biodiverse plant life and with a need for certain nutrients, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like our capacity to imagine is actually the key to our destruction. It's actually mm -hmm. the, the, our capacity to imagine is good and it has a purpose, but it's actually the key access. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder, so let's, I, I can imagine this, so let me explore it. Well, okay, if enough of us do that without respect for the foundations yeah. we're going to have probably more problems. So I don't think that the answers come with looking at the found. I think the 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 only way we're going to solve any of these problems on any scale is to realize we're coming at them with an extremely confused point of view. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and that's usually what we were, that's what we were talking about before. Yeah, so, it's kind of going full circle from the beginning of the conversation. Hell yeah, and we yeah. were talking about the like first or second conversation too. So I think we all honestly, with all due respect, needs to need to just shut up. <laughs> Poli- with, you know, all due respect and, and love and politeness, probably mostly need to shut up mm-hmm. and realize somehow that the way we're, thinking about this is not contextualized yeah and that's a problem so if we genuinely care we've got to somehow realize that as opposed to it's what you said about um in a healthy relationship you do have a foundation that you could call spiritual whatever Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be called that but it's it's needed yeah yeah, which is why I actually use that word for spiritual, because it's like if we do, but no, religious isn't a bad word either, because it just means to practice. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care. You yeah. can call it, because they have the same meaning, in, essentially. Technically, so. I religiously drink coffee every day. Like, it's that kind of concept that I was going with, like the philosophy of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't drink coffee every day, but I was just making it God, up. God, I hope not. I yeah, I know. Yeah, not at all. I don't even. I never drink coffee really, and I only drink it for the flavor. It doesn't. It doesn't help me. It doesn't do anything for me. It flushes straight through. Like there's nothing. It doesn't you give me any energy. Take it back. Take yeah. it back. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you, you drink coffee. You better be drinking it more. Yeah, yeah. Mostly just um, me. <laughs> I want to respect your time. It's four thirty-four. Mm, you okay. need to get going, right? Yeah, I gotta get going. The all wife right. will kill me if I don't. <laughs> and then you wouldn't be able to offer your services anymore. Yeah, then I can't offer my You'd services. Be, nobody would get more Andres. Yeah. Um, well, I think this was delightful. I think so, too. We should do this more often. We I, will. I think this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> As the airplane, finally, it's the only one I think we had throughout the whole show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we often hear them. Oh, really? Yeah, the runway. Yeah, right literally, there. Oh, you can almost see it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get you home. Um, thank you. Any last words though? No, not that I can think of. That's good enough for me. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like All right. And there you have it. Thank you for listening. Like I said, wow. Quite quite the brain on this guy, to say the least. Not to mention, he's pretty damn kind and warm and clearly very caring, like he says. Focusing on health and care. Don't forget the care part. You probably can't have the one without the other. Andres, it's uh, an honor to get to know you and to have you, um, well, to be working with you. Thank you. And I don't know, I forget, I can't remember if it came up in the conversation, but do go see the movie Seasons. Don't, I mean, you can't go to the theater, unfortunately. It's relatively old. You got to rent it. But it's also called Spring, Summer, Autumn, Winter, and Spring. Seasons. Check it out. It came up to uh, when we were talking, I think. Either way, I thought of it. Um, that's it for now. Lots of things changing, like I said, at Koru and with Movement Matters. We're going to have a new logo soon. Uh, we're going to be putting everything, all the videos on the interweb, the World Wide Web. But yeah, always something new and exciting. Go check it all out. But lastly forgot brought to you also movement matters is also brought to you by the philadelphia table company i'll be sincere for the first time about philadelphia table company they make the most attractive 
home enhancing, office enhancing, live edge or modern style. Even um, I think they can even pull off something akin to Nakashimi style. Tables and cabinets and cupboards and desks and Dungeons and Dragons gaming tables and dog houses that you can find certainly in the greater Philadelphia area. If not, I'm willing to go out on a limb here, the world. Might be a stretch, could just be somewhere in between, but on the scale of at least the greater Philadelphia Table Company to the world, they're kicking ass. Philadelphia Table Company, you'd be supporting a local business and getting a great product that you will have for your entire freaking life. <laughs> Can't beat that. Be well. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening.